Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. And I'm Matt Henry, and today we're going to do a fixing a fable. And so the passage that's up for us is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 12 and 13. I'm going to read it, and then we'll talk about how it's misunderstood and what it actually says. In 1 Corinthians, it says, Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Um, The issue here that we want to fix today is the question of what is meant by these various descriptors of a person's work. Paul uses gold and silver, precious stones, and he seems to contrast them with wood, hay, and straw. Um, They're described as being materials used for building. A lot of people have various ideas about what is in view and what constitutes works that are gold as opposed to something like wood. We think that it's a very fascinating passage because it's really not hard to understand if we simply let the context, which is something we always talk about, uh, drive the interpretation. But let's first start off with several ways that people interpret these building materials. Now understand that for most people, this is simply talking about doing good works or bad works in some vague way. Seldom do we hear a clear answer on what these materials represent, and the views we're going to give will be from some of the various Bible scholars. First one is by uh, F.B. Mayer, who who sees that the materials there are speaking of doctrines. Um, So the idea is that the building upon the foundation of Christ is through teaching. So sound, faithful doctrine is the gold and silver, while poor doctrine is wood or straw. Uh, There are some who take this idea to a whole new level by trying to divine the specific meaning of each material. So for them, the gold might be the doctrine of Christ as God, for example, whereas the silver might be his work on the cross. Um, Creative, but there's no basis for that. Yeah, so the basic thing is it's faithful doctrine versus bad, but then as theologians will be, um, they do it. Uh, the second view would be people, which uh, is is it's talking about people, which actually seems strange to me. But uh, that's one uh, co- famous commentator, uh, I believe he was a Lutheran, Godet is how I pronounce it, um, G-O-D-E-T, is that how you? So, is that Have French? you ever used them? Yeah. Well, yeah, French. but I always just in my head just said, got it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I think it's Godet, but that's, yeah. we'll work with that. Uh, he pointed this one out. Um, the thinking is that the building represents a church, which is made up of people. And so they see uh, 2 Timothy 2.20, where people are described as vessels of gold or silver, as well as vessels of wood and clay. Um, then there's a third view. Yeah, and, and that is that it's talking about the true character of people. Uh, a, a scholar by the name of H.A. Kennedy, uh, he advocates this. So again, it's focused on the individual people of the church, but that the testing of the fire will actually re- uh, reveal their true character. Okay, so what what is our view uh, then on this? Um, well, it's rather simple and only requires us to go through the context um, as we said a short time ago. Uh, so 
first of all, Paul is addressing the problems in the church. Uh, the very first issue is that of favoritism regarding certain teachers. So in chapter one, verse four, we read that line of I am of Paul or I am of Apollos. Um, we would say it this way today, I am of, of MacArthur or I am of R.C. Sproul or N.T. Wright, whoever your favorite person is. Um, Matt Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yours? <laughs> I just live in a vacuum. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so what is the result of that, though? Well, the result is that you have divisions that inevitably arise in the midst of jealousy. Uh, so he points out that these teachers are simply servants that Christ used, um, so, so they may be useful, they may be good, but nevertheless, they are simply servants. They are not the Lord. Um, man, there's so much you could talk about there. I know. Um, with that in mind, he gives a metaphor from agriculture. Uh, so, so Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God is the one doing the growing, uh, which is the only thing that matters. So as an aside, when you have a pastor bragging about his church's growth, uh, what you have there is actually a foolish man and one who you should not therefore follow. Um, we think of you know men like Andy Stanley, um, who is really big on telling others that his methods uh, are the best and that these other churches are going to lose their children to him as they get older. Um, yeah, that's, that's just good. folly. Uh, so, so follow men who are not about what they're accomplishing or what they're skilled at growing or their skills at growth are. Rather, look for men who are simply faithful to deliver the word every single week and seek to conform that local church to what is seen and learned. All right. So then Paul changes midstream. So he starts out with an agrarian metaphor and then switches immediately to a, a, a different one. Um, it's a building metaphor as the new image. So Paul now, instead of planted, it's that Paul laid the foundation, which would be the gospel or Jesus Christ, if you prefer. But he's not thinking about individuals, but of the church in Corinth as a whole. Now, others are coming in to build on that foundation. Uh, going back to the other metaphor, Paul described it as watering versus planting. So men are building on the foundation of Christ, but how they're building is important. Whatever it is, it will put be it will be tested by God's judgment, uh, pictured here as fire. At that point, what sort of work performed will be abundantly seen. Their eternal reward will actually rise or fall upon how they labored, but they themselves, he makes it clear in verse 15, will be saved. But then Paul pushes it up another notch, and he keep, and, and keeping with the building metaphor, reminds them that the church is a temple of God. That's the next point he brings in chapter three. If a person tries to actually destroy the uh, the church, the temple, they themselves will be destroyed. Finally, he basically says, stop trying to be wise in the eyes of this age. Stop your boasting because you're nothing in reality. Instead, boast that you belong to Christ. Now, with that in mind, uh, the question is, what are these materials? Um, and so we would argue against a narrow view uh, and see it uh, more broadly related to just the labors of the teacher. Um, so instead of trying to identify every little, right. what is the straw? What is the, right, yeah. right. Um, 
So it's clear the whole passage is is a warning to teachers. Yeah, not this is not a general warning to the whole church on how they're building or right. what they're doing. It's it's talking to teachers. Yes, um, they're the ones doing the building yes. of the church. Um, and and so once you see that it is about teachers, then you realize that the primary focus will be on sound doctrine or bad doctrine. Hmm. Um, so it's not actually it's not talking about false or heretical teaching. Rather, the emphasis here is just weak or poor or wrong teaching. Um, now, what is the difference between those? Well, bad doctrine is something like, like the Arminian perspective of something like provenient grace. Yeah. That's just bad. Um, false doctrine is something like works-based grace, such as what is taught by the Roman Catholic Church. Um, so one is not solid and healthy for the church, um, but the other will actually kill and destroy a church. And he says, if you do that, then God himself will destroy you. He's not talking about being they're, they're still saved. That's a false teacher seeking to destroy a church. Yeah, in the right. following. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so so again, what, what is good, good doctrine? Well, it's good doctrine is biblically derived um, and it's something which naturally builds off of the gospel um, and therefore it fits well with the gospel. Uh, but in addition to good or sound doctrine, there would be the character of the man as well. This is also important. Uh, he may teach sound doctrine, um, but he also might be a man who models poorly that sound doctrine. Yeah. So as an example of this in Titus 2, where Paul uh, gives instruction to men, women, and to slaves, and throughout the text, he says that their lives should be adorned, uh, or their lives should adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. Um, so a pastor or a teacher can teach things, but then not model them, and in so doing, create great weakness in that church. And, we, and you see that all the time, sound teaching modeled by a very ungodly man. Uh, so there you have it. The church needs solid men who love God, model true godliness, and teach sound doctrine. Uh, skinny jeans, sweet beards, fancy stage lighting, and awesome musicians are not the answer. Um, and so we hope this was helpful to you. And we ask that you continue to listen to the podcast as you share them also. And also, if you find them helpful, drop us a note. Um, if there's a passage you would like us to uh, work through. And as always, we ask you, tell a friend.